chapter two of tarano the conqueror by ray cummings this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva warning it must have been nearly nine o'clock when a personal message came for me not through the ordinary open airways but in the national length and coded it came to my desk by official messenger decoded printed and sealed jock hallen inter-allied news come to me northeast island at once if they can spare you important answer dr brenda our division manager scanned the message curiously and told me i could go i got off my answer i did not dare call dr brenda openly since he had used the code but sent it the same way i would be up at once with a word of good-bye to grays i shoved aside my work caught up a heavy jacket and cap and left the office the levels outside our building were still jammed with an excited throng i pushed my way through it up to the entrance to the staten bridge the waters of the harbor beneath me had a broad band of moonlight upon them dim in the glare of the city lights i glanced upward with satisfaction a good night for air travelling my small personal air car was on the stage near the bridge entrance the attendant was there staring at me as i dashed up in such haste he handed me my key from the rack going far jack what a night they'll be ordering them off if many more go up going north no i said shortly i was away rising with my helicopters until the city was a yellow haze beneath me i was going north to dr brenda's little private island off the coast of maine the lower lanes were pretty well crowded i tried one of the northbound at eight thousand feet but the going was awkward then i went to sixteen thousand but grill the attendant back at the bridge evidently had his finder on me out of plain curiosity he called me they'll chase you out of there came his voice nothing doing up there tonight. that's reserved didn't you know it i grinned at him in the glow of my pit light i hoped he could see my face and the grin they'll never catch me i said i'm traveling fast tonight. chase you out he persisted the patrols keeping them low general orders an hour ago didn't you know it no well you ought to you ought to know everything in your business besides the lights are up they were indeed i could see them in all the towers underneath me i was flying northeast and at the moment with a following wind i was doing something over three fifty but they'll shut off your power grill warned you'll come down soon enough then which was also true enough the evening local express for boston and beyond was overhauling me and when the green beam of a traffic tower came up and picked me out i decided i had better obey dutifully i descended until the beam satisfied swung away from me at eight thousand feet i went on there was too much traffic for decent speed and the directors in every pilot bag and tower i passed seemed watching me closely at the latitude of boston i swung out to sea off the main arteries of travel the early night mail for eurasia 
footnote four with great london its first stop went by me far overhead i could make out its green and purple lights and the spreading silver beam that preceded it footnote four now europe and asia alone in my pit with the dull whir of my propellers alone breaking the silence of the night i pondered the startling events of the past few hours above me the stars and planets gleamed in the deep purple of an almost cloudless sky venus had long since dropped below the horizon but mars was up there approaching the zenith i wondered what the martian helio might be saying i could have asked grays back at the office but grays i knew would be too busy to bother with me what could dr brenda want of me i was glad he had sent for me there was nowhere i would rather have gone this particular evening and it would give me a chance to see elza again i could tell by the light numerals below that i was now over maine i did not need to consult my charts i had been up this way many times for the brendas the doctor his daughter elza and her twin brother georg i counted my best friends i was over the sea with the coast of maine to my left the traffic since i left the line of boston had been far less the patrols flashed by me at intervals but they did not molest me i descended presently and located the small two-mile island which dr brenda owned and upon which he lived it was ten twenty when i came down to find them waiting for me on the runway the doctor held out both his hands good enough jack i got your code we've been waiting for you it's crowded i said heavy up to boston and they wouldn't let me go high he nodded and then elza put her cool little hand in mine we're glad to see you jack very glad they took me to the house dr brenda was a small dark man of sixty-odd smooth-shaven thin face with a mop of iron-gray hair above it and keen dark eyes beneath bushy white brows he was usually kindly and gentle of manner at times a little abstracted at other times he could be more forceful and direct than any one with whom i had ever had contact at the house we were joined by the doctor's son georg my best friend i should say certainly for my part i treasured his friendship very highly he and elza were twins twenty-three years old at this time i am two years older and i had been a roommate with georg at the common university of the potomac our friendship had if anything grown closer since my promotion into the business world yet we were as unlike as two individuals could possibly be i am dark-haired slim and of comparatively slight muscular strength restless full of nervous energy and they tell me somewhat short of temper georg was a blond powerful young giant a head taller than i blue-eyed from his mother now dead square-jawed and a complexion pink and white he was slow to anger he seldom spoke impulsively and usually with a slow quiet drawl always he seemed looking at life and people with a half-humorous smile looking at the human pageant with its foibles follies and frailties tolerantly yet there was nothing conceited about him 
quite the reverse he was generally wholly deprecating in manner as though he himself were of least importance until aroused in our days of learning i saw georg once just once thoroughly angered came up promptly didn't you georg was saying he was leading me to the house doorway but i stopped him let's go to the grove i suggested we turned down from the small viaduct past the house and went into the heavy grove of trees nearby he's hungry elza declared jock did you eat at the office tonight yes i said did you really some i admitted in truth the run-up here had brought me a thoroughly hearty appetite which i just realized i was pretty busy you know i added such a night but don't you bother but she had already scurried away toward the house dear little elza i wished then for the hundredth time that i was a man of wealth or at least not as poor as a tower timekeeper true i made fair money but the urge to spend it recklessly dominated me i decided in that moment to reform for good and lay by enough to justify asking a woman to be my wife we reclined on a mossy bank in the grove of trees so thick a grove that it hid the house from our sight the doctor extinguished the glowing lights with which the tree branches were dotted we were in the semi-darkness of a beautiful moonlit night don't go to sleep jack i became aware that georg and his father were smiling at me i sat up snapping my wits into alertness no of course not i guess i'm tired you've no idea what the office was like tonight roaring i can imagine georg said you were at park sixty when the president fell weren't you yes but i wasn't supposed to be i wasn't assigned to that how did you guess elza saw you she had our finder on you i couldn't push her away from it his slow smile was quizzical on me in all that crowd she must have searched about very carefully too i stopped i could feel my cheeks burning and was glad of the dimness there under the trees she did said georg i sent for you jack dr brenda interjected abstractly because but georg checked him not now father someone anyone might pick you up your words or read your lips there's light enough here to register on a finder the doctor nodded he's afraid you see jack it's these venus father please it's a long chance but why take any we can insulate in the house the chance that someone who shouldn't be was tuned to us as we sat there in that lonely grove with the doctor's widespread reputation his more than national prominence it did not seem to me to be such a long chance either on this of all nights as you say no use in putting private things into the public air i remarked and i felt then as though a thousand hostile eyes and ears were watching and listening we can talk of what everybody knows georg commented the martian ruler of the little people was assassinated an hour ago 
you heard that coming up no i said but i had imagined as much did they say they said nothing dr brenda put in the flash of a dozen heliod words no more it went dark like venus no just discontinued i judged they're excited up there the bureau disorganized perhaps i don't know that was the last we got at the house just before you came down there may be something in there now you inter-allied people are pretty reliable the ruler of the venus central state the leading monarch of mars and our three chief executives of earth murdered almost simultaneously it was incredible any one of the murders would have been incredible yet it was true there had been times in the inter-allied office particularly when i had been insulated from aerial eavesdropping but never had i felt the need of it more than now a constraint fell over me i seemed afraid to say anything i think we all three felt very much like that and it was a relief when elza arrived with my dainty little meal any word from mars elza her father asked she sat down beside me helping me to the food i did not look she answered she did not look because she was busy preparing my meal dear little elza and because of my accursed extravagance my poverty no word of love had ever passed between us i thought i had never seen elza so beautiful as this moment a slim little thing perfectly formed and matured and inches shorter than i thick brown hair braided and hanging below her waist a face pretty as her mother's must have been yet intellectual as her father's i had taken elza to the great music festivals of the city and counted her the best-dressed girl in all the vast throng to-night she was dressed simply a gray-blue tubular sort of skirt clinging close to the lines of her figure and split at the side for walking a tight-fitting bodice light in color a man knows little of the technicalities of such things throat bare with a flaring rolled collar behind a throat like a rose petal with the moonlight on it arms bare save for the upper triangular sleeves it must suffice i can only say she was adorable almost in silence i ate my meal with her beside me georg went into the house once to consult the news tape it was crowded with earth events excitement confusion everywhere inconsequential reports they seemed by comparison with what had gone before but of helios from mars or venus there were none reported of venus the tape said nothing save that each of our westward stations was vainly calling in turn as the planet dropped toward its horizon i finished my meal too leisurely for georg and the doctor and then we all went into the house to the insulated room where at last we could talk openly as we entered the main corridor we heard the low voice of the inter-allied news announcer coming from the disc in a room nearby and venus the words caught our attention we hurried in and stood by the inter-allied equipment georg picked up the pile of tape 
whereon the announcer's words were being printed he ran back over it another helio from venus he exclaimed ten minutes ago and then i saw his lips go tight together he made no move to hide the tape from elza but she was beside him and already reading it her fingers switched off the announcer's droning voice pacific coastal station elza read in the sudden silence of the room her voice was low clear and steady though her hands were trembling pcs ten forty two venus helio defeat beware tarano notify your dr brenda in eurasia danger we men stared at each other but elsa went on reading pcs ten forty four venus helio lost no more smashing apparatus the venus sending station went dark at ten forty four thirty hawaiian station will call later but have little hope of re-establishing connection tokyohama ten forty six official via potomac national headquarters excitement here continues levels crowded elza dropped the tape that's all of importance venus central station warning you father a buzz across the room called the doctor to his personal receiver it was a message in code from potomac national headquarters we watched the queer-looking characters printing on the tape very softly in a voice hardly above a whisper georg decoded it dr brenda c p c s ten forty two warning you probably of venus immigrants now here do you need guard or will you come to washington at once for personal safety father cried elza georg burst out enough of this we cannot dare not talk in here father come we went out into the corridor again across which was the small room insulated from all aerial vibrations in the corridor a figure was standing the one other member of the brenda household the maidservant a girl about elza's age i knew her well of course but this evening i had forgotten her existence she was standing in the corridor did i imagine it or had she been gazing up at the mechanism ten feet above the floor the mechanism controlling the insulated room you wish me miss elza i thought i heard you call no ehla not till later with a gesture of respect the girl withdrew passing from our sight down the incline which led to the lower part of the house it was a very small incident but in view of what was transpiring it gave me a shock nevertheless for elza's maid was a venus girl End of chapter two